it's impossible to make the most of your life without learning to value your time. This message is the 10th in the series, Wiser. The message is entitled, Wise Timing Part 1. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles with you or your teaching sheets as we turn our attention to God's Word. This weekend, we're involved in this series of messages entitled Wiser. I want to continue to talk about the theme. We'll talk this weekend and next weekend about wisdom when it comes to the timing of your life, the wisdom related to timing. As we started out this year together for, for the first quarter of the year, we're talking about gaining wisdom. The Bible says that the most important thing that you can get is wisdom, and all you're getting, get knowledge, get understanding, get wisdom. It's important to understand what wisdom is. And I've been using a definition for wisdom as a part of this series. I'm going to bring it back to your attention again this weekend. It will be on the screen, so I'd like to invite you to read it together with me from all of our campuses. Let's read aloud together. Start with me saying, wisdom is together the accumulation and possession of knowledge, truth, guiding principles, moral precepts, right values, proper priorities, good sense, and prudent judgment from God's perspective, and the ability to practically apply these to everyday life and decisions. Wisdom is not just having intellectual smarts. It's not having a lot of degrees behind your name. Again, it's wonderful to be intellectually bright. It's great to have as much education as possible, but you can be an educated fool. And what you need to know is that God's wisdom goes beyond the wisdom of man. And the wisdom of God relates to the concepts of who God is and how He wants you to live life, how He designed you to live life. Now, to understand the wisdom of God, we have to turn to the Word of God. You never get wisdom without having His Word and without taking that Word and applying it. And God's wisdom does apply to every practical realm of your life. And we're going to talk this weekend and next weekend about how wisdom applies to a realm of your life that perhaps you don't think about very often, and that's the realm of your time. The importance of knowing how to wisely use your time. Take a look with me at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, as we see a foundation laid out for us, as we'll look at together today in some principles regarding this. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, their purpose, the purpose of the Proverbs, the writing of these Proverbs, is to teach people wisdom and, what's the next word there? Discipline. Note that word. You might want to circle it, underline it, be aware of it. The purpose of this is to teach wisdom and discipline to help them, that's to help us understand the insights of the wise, their purpose, the purpose of the Proverbs is to teach people to live. Notice this again. What's the word? Disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. What word did I ask you to emphasize as we went through those two verses? What was it? The word discipline. A very important word. It's one that shows up consistently throughout the book of Proverbs and the concept of it you will find all through the pages of the Bible. Notice Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. A hard worker, a disciplined worker, someone who applies himself well to their work, has plenty. Notice that. You have plenty of food, plenty of resources, but a person who chases fantasies, that is, you just think about stuff, but you never apply discipline to it, a person who lives or chases fantasies has no sense. So again, you see the emphasis of the concept of discipline. Proverbs 12, 11. Your insight and understanding that leads to discipline, as implied here, will protect you. There's a protection that goes along with being a wise, disciplined person. 
Proverbs 25, verse 28, a person without self-control or self-discipline is like a city with broken down walls. The message paraphrase gives it to us this way. A person without self-control or self-discipline is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. You would never dream of not uh, locking your doors at night and closing your windows to protect yourself from any kind of invasion. The same is true in life. If you don't have good discipline, you're going to be invaded by all kinds of things that will keep you from being successful. Now, one of the areas where discipline is desperately needed in life is in the realm of our time. What we do with our time And today I'm going to share with you two principles, two points that I want you to pay close attention to, and next weekend we'll talk about two more of these and wrap up this series together. But the first thing I'd like to talk to you about today and the first point that you'll have on your notes is that you and I need to first and foremost appreciate what we need to understand as the gift of time, to appreciate the gift of time. Your life consists of time. It is impossible to make the most of your life without making the most of your time. Your life is your time. Your time is your life. You are gifted, every person here, you're gifted with some wonderful blessings from God. And one of those giftings that God has given to you and me is the gift called time. And what we must understand is with every gift that God gives us, there will come a day when we will stand before God and we will give an account to God for how we used whatever gifts He gave us. And so one day, just think about this in your life, you're going to be standing before Almighty God and God's going to ask you to give, you, give a review to Him, how did you spend your time? What did you do with your time? How did you invest your time? Did you invest it? Did you use it well? Or did you waste it? Now, to understand time, the Greeks had a really good perspective of this. In fact, the, Old, the New Testament is written primarily in Greek, and so you're able to study some of the Greek culture and Greek background when it comes to words. And the Greeks had a good understanding of time, and they used two basic words to help us to understand time and its value, the gift that it was. The first word is the one that you'll be familiar with, at least at some level, and that is the word chronos. Would you say that together with me? Chronos. You recognize that as the root word for things like chronology, chronological. And the concept of chronos will will be the time and the moments that you have in life. These are the days, the dates, the minutes, the hours that you go through in life. Now, when it comes to your life and the gift of time, God each day gifts you with some chronos. Every day, God gives you how many hours? 24 hours. And in those 24 hours, you will have 1,440 minutes. In those 1,440 minutes, you will have 86,400 seconds every day. Every day of your life, you're gifted with 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. When you run that out to a week, you have 168 hours every seven days. You'll also then have 10,080 minutes every week. And then notice this, of those minutes, you will have 604,800 seconds every week. How many of you wish that was dollars? right? 
Just think about that for a moment. That every day you wake up, this is what you're given. This is the gift of Kronos. God says, I'm going to give you some time. So every day you live, this is what you get. You get every week that you live, this is what God gives you. And this is what you and I will give an account to God in terms of how we utilize these over the span of our life. Think about that. So if you multiply this over 60, 70, 80, 90 years, it'll be amazing how many seconds and minutes and hours and days and months will have been the addition of your life, the chronos of your life. Anybody grateful for the time God has given you? Amen? It's a gift, a gift that God gives you. Now, the Greeks also used another word to describe time, and that is this word. It is the word kairos. Would you say that word with me? So time, according to the Greeks, was a chronos, a chronological sequence of days and hours and minutes and seconds, but it was also a kairos. The kairos represented what you did with the time that you were given, the opportunities, that might be another good word to use here, what you made out of your time. For example, when you say to someone, well, I went to this event and we had a great time. When you said we have a great time, you weren't saying it was really great to watch my clock during that time. You were saying I had a great experience, had a great opportunity, something valuable happened in the midst of the chronos. So within every chronos is a kairos. Within every time moment, every one of these hours and minutes and seconds of your day, there are opportunities for you to utilize them well or to waste them. And the question becomes for you and me, what kairos are we pulling out of our chronos? If you looked at your life right now, how much value are you getting out of the time that God really has given to you? Because time is a gift from Almighty God. Amen? It's a gift from God that He gives to you. And again, that you and I will give an account for. Moses prayed a prayer. He understood this. Going all the way back to the time of Moses, he grasped this and he prayed a prayer to God that is recorded in in Psalm chapter 90, verse number 12. I want you to read this prayer together with me. Let's read it at all of our campuses. Here we go. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Moses understood Kronos and Kairos. He said, teach us to number our days, to be aware of the number of days, God, that you give us, to appreciate those days and times and hours appropriately, but then help us to spend them as we should. That is to invest them in the way that we ought to invest them. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, comes back to this theme of Kronos and Kairos, and he says, we're to act like people with good sense and not like fools. How? He says, these are evil times, so read that next statement with me, make every minute count. One translation says, make the most of every opportunity, make every minute count. I like the way the contemporary English version uh, renders the next verse, don't be stupid. That's a good verse, isn't it, right? Anytime you want to quote the Bible, just say, don't be stupid. There you go, you're quoting the Bible. Don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Find out how to invest your, your chronos in a way that you're getting high opportunities and value out of it. The kairos is there. Romans 13, 11. Listen closely to this one. 
Paul writes to the Roman believers and says, this is all the more urgent. Again, he's talking about time. Urgency relates to time. For you know how late it is. The next statement says, time is running out. Say that with me. Time is running out. Let me stop there just for a moment. I want you to note, time is running out. What does that mean? Well, in a historical perspective, you must understand that this world is not going to continue as it is forever and ever. The Bible clearly teaches, I firmly believe, and I want to proclaim and preach to you today, there will be a second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus will come back again. There will be a time when this world as we know it will conclude. There'll be a period to human history. Jesus will return again and He'll rule and reign forever and ever. And of course, all that's been related to evil will be dealt with. It'll be a time in history when things will stop. And what you must understand, and Paul was trying to get each of us to grasp as that we're headed toward that day. Time is running out. But not only is time running out from a historical perspective in our world, but time is running out in your life. Every day you live is one less day you'll have. Today, as you live this day, you'll never be able to get this day back again. It will be again. You will move closer to the time that your life will be over. And don't think, well, I'm just a young person. I've got plenty of time. You don't know how long you have. There's not a single person here today that you can map out when your time will be over, but every day that you live, you're moving closer to the end of your days. Your time is running out. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to make you aware of that reality because often we don't think or live that way. Now let's go back to Paul's words here. He says, time is running out. Notice what he says now. Wake up, wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So Paul says, make sure you understand time is running out. So wake up and do something with your life. Do something valuable with your life. Don't you waste your time. It is running out. Psalm 39, verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on, uh, how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that, that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. So the first thing I want to remind you of today is that time is a gift from Almighty God. Every day you live, it's a gift from Him. And in the midst of your chronos, the days and hours of your life, you want to find the most opportunities so that you will live your life wisely and wake up and be the best that God has called you to be and utilize it in a way that will honor and please God and will allow you to stand before Him one day and give a positive account of how you've lived your life. Second thing, Second truth I want to share with you today. If indeed time is a gift from God, and indeed it is, then you and I need to focus our attention where it matters. The key word there is focus. What is the one thing most of us have problems with? What? Focus. So you're thinking, what did you say? You weren't even focused. Just that, okay? Right? Okay. You had to ask your neighbor what he just said, right? Okay. One of our biggest challenges in life is focusing. And focusing is a key part of discipline. You can't discipline yourself without focus. Did any of you watch the Olympics recently? 
Some of you did, okay? In the Olympics, if you had a conversation with all those Olympic athletes, you would find out the reason they got to even be in the Olympics is that for months and years, they have lived very disciplined lives, correct? They're getting up at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning and running 10, 15, 20 miles or, or practicing all throughout the day. And the reason they were able to discipline themselves, they were focused on one thing. They wanted to be on that stand and they wanted that medal put around their neck. They had a focus that was driving their lives. And I will tell you something, if the devil can get your focus, he can render you ineffective. He can take the power out of your life by robbing you of your focus. Lion tamers understand this. Many of you, most of you have been to the circus. Have you seen the circus on, te- on television? Some portrayal of it. And you watch the lion tamers walking into the lion cage with all the lions there. And they always carry with them two things. Do you remember what those two things are? One is a whip. And what is the other thing? A chair. Think about that. Now you think about it, here are these, 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 these beastly animals, top of the food chain, these lions, and they're around this lion tamer in the, in the cage, and the lion tamer goes in with a puny whip and a chair. Think about that. Why? Well, the whip, they tell us, the whip has nothing to do for the lions, it's for the crowd. It kind of impresses you when you hear the whip pop, and so it really doesn't do much for the lion, but the thing the chair does is extremely important, because that lion tamer knows how to take that chair. Have you noticed that he does something very unique with it? He holds it up in the face of the lion. Why? Because here's the principle. They've learned that the lion tries to focus on all four legs of the chair, and and the fact that they're trying to focus on all four, they can't focus on any, and it disorients them. And so they're rendered powerless because they don't have focus. And that's exactly what the devil loves to do in your life. He likes to get you trying to focus on a million different things. And as you're trying to focus on all these different things, you end up being focused on nothing. And you end up being disoriented. There are all kind of things every day of your life trying to get your focus, correct? It's called email. It's called iMessages. It's called all these things. You just, all throughout your day, what are you hearing? Ding, 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 ding. Right? Okay. I mean, everything's got a dinger nowadays. Everything's got a dinger. And it's all dinging around you. And every time it dings, it says, give me your time. Give me your time. Give me your attention. Give me your focus. Give me your focus. So next time you hear a ding, No, that's not a ding. It's a give me your focus. That's what it's saying to you, okay? And then you walk by a computer, and the computer says, come over and search me. (laughs) Right, okay? You pick up your smartphone. Your smartphone says, you better check out Facebook because you don't know where your friend went on vacation last week. You need to know that. It's really important. And so Facebook's saying, check me out, check me out, check me out. Focus, focus on me. And then Instagram's over here saying, you got to find out what so-and-so had for dinner last night. That's really important, okay? you got all this stuff yelling at you and trying to grab your focus so you're going through life. And you got the ding pulling you here and Facebook pulling you there and the computer pulling you here. Then you got the television that's right in the middle of your living room, okay? 
Are you, ta- you see what I'm talking about? And all these things are trying to get your attention and trying to get your focus. And the devil will use these things in your life to get you off track. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things in their proper place and their right time. But don't let it rob you of the most important things that you need to be focused on in life. Why? Because your time, my time is running out. It's not going to be here forever, okay? So you need to focus your attention on things that matter. And there are three things that matter in your life that you better get on your calendar. Three things that you and I need to pay close attention. I'll give you all three of these to begin with. We'll go back and look at them together in a few moments. The first thing you need to focus on is your life purpose. The second thing are life principles. And the third thing are your life priorities. If you don't know these three things, you're going to be like the lion in the cage. You're going to be trying to look at all kinds of things and you'll get nowhere in the way that God wants you to, 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 to progress in life. And so focus on your purpose, your principles, your priorities. Let's talk about purpose first and foremost. What is that? Your purpose is why are you here? Why did God make you? Why did God create? What is your reason for being? And your purpose in life, there's a big purpose for your life, and then there's seasonal purposes for your life. The big purpose of your life is that overall in your life, what can you, what can you add value to for the kingdom of God? What has God ultimately called you to, to, to add value? I'm not talking about a position you have or a title you have. I'm talking about the reason for your life. What is it that's the big picture of what you can do to add value to God's kingdom in your life? And then the, the, the individual, the seasonal purposes is what do you need to be focused on right now? Because not every season of your life is the same purpose. If you have little kids at home, what should be your purpose? purpose. What is your purpose? To raise them well, right? So that's a season. So your purpose is to be the best parent you can be. When the kids grow up and leave home, what is the purpose of your life? To have fun, finally, okay, right? (laughs) To enjoy life eventually here, right? Okay, right? No, your purpose becomes something else. Then you move to another season, maybe a retirement phase of your life. What is the purpose? And so there are individual seasons that you go through, but they have an overarching purpose. Do you know why God created you? Because if you don't know why God created you, you'll have a very tough time scheduling your life according to that purpose. So what is the purpose of your life? You say, I don't know what my purpose is. Here's the beautiful thing. Ask God, he'll show it to you. It may not all come clear at one time. I've never had a full sense of clarity all the time about every sense of purpose, but I've sought in the season of my life especially to understand what is the purpose of my life right now. I know what I'm supposed to be doing right now in my life. I may not know what's going to happen my next season, but I know what's supposed to be happening in this season. I know why I'm here and the value I'm supposed to add. Can you answer that question in your life right now? Do you know your purpose? Second thing is, focus your attention on your, what was the second word there? Principles, life principles. I'll give it to you this way. These are the rules that should rule your life. That's what a principle is. The rules that should rule your life. Because if you don't have some rules ruling your life, your emotions will rule your life. Your feelings will rule your life. Let's go back to the illustration of parenting for a moment. If you're a dad here this morning, I'm not picking on you, I just want to give you a little, little awareness here. If you're a dad, one of your principles 
That is one of your responsibilities. That's another word you can write down. It's to spend time with your children, correct? I mean, all of our kids would be better if dad spent a little more time with them, amen? A little word of wisdom for you there, right? We'd have a generation that'd be a lot different if dad's invested in their kids, okay? So that's, our, that's, our, that's the rule that God's given us, the, 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 the principle that he's called us to live by as fathers, okay? Now, if we understand that to be a responsibility and a principle, then what we do is we schedule time for that in our schedules so that we're not ruled by our emotions because there'll be times that you know you should do something, but you don't do it because you don't feel like doing it. How many of you have had those moments in life? You know what you ought to be doing, but you don't do it because you don't feel like doing it right now. Are you with me? You know it's the right thing to do. You know that's where you ought to be spending your time. I just don't feel like it right now. I know that I, I've set this goal of, of losing weight. I'm going to go on a diet, but I'm going to, I don't feel like it today. How about tomorrow? Let's, let, let's do the manana syndrome here. Let's do it tomorrow, okay? We want to pass things off. And here's the difference, because if you begin to live your life by principles, it really doesn't matter what you feel. You do what is right because you know it's the right thing to do. Are you hearing me? And you'll never regret it because the things that you push off and you procrastinate and you push aside, what happens over time is it causes you to lose the destiny that God created you for. And the devil loves to, again, distract you by a lack of focus on what really matters, your purpose, and the principles, the rules by which you should be living, the rules that should rule your life, what is going to be valuable to my life in my responsibilities. And then the third area would be your priorities. What's important now? You can't do everything all the time. You can't. And remember this, if everything is important to you, nothing is important. You have to begin to say, okay, based upon my schedule, my day, and what my purpose is right now in life, what principles I'm living by, the rules that are ruling my life, now I'm going to establish day by day some priorities. I'm going to make these things number one, number two, number three, number four, number five in my life. I can't do everything, but I am going to make sure that I'm doing the things that represent my purpose and my principles. And dear ones, leave some things out that really don't matter. If you have to leave anything out in your day, leave out the Facebook, amen? If you have to leave anything out in your day, leave out some of the things that really don't matter in the long haul. Let's go to some scriptures here that will help us to understand this. Go back to purpose for a moment. Notice the psalmist David's words in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 17. God, David says, You, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every, what's the next word there? Moment, every chronos, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. David knew that God had a purpose for his life. In terms of principles, notice Psalm 119, verse 16. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. That is, I'm going to take delight in what you say is the right thing to do. I'm going to let your rules rule my life. And then the last 
last one here in terms of priorities, Isaiah 55, verse number two, why spend your money on something that is not real food? Why work for something that really doesn't satisfy you? Listen closely to me and you will eat what is good. Your soul will enjoy rich food that satisfies. It's talking about making sure your priorities are right. And Proverbs 23, verse four, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich or getting things you really don't need anyway. Be wise enough to know when to quit. So what is the message for us today? The message for us is that every day, what does God give you the gift of? Time. And in your time, there are the moments, the chronos of your time, which represented by these numbers. But what you and I need to focus on is not just the chronos, but the kairos. What am I making out of the time that God gives me? And then based upon that, the only way I can do that is to make sure that I'm doing what? I'm focusing on the right things. What are the right things? My purpose, my principles, and my priorities. And then make sure that these things get translated to your calendar. Did you understand that part? Because if you don't translate them to your calendar, they will not. If they de- I'm a big believer. If it doesn't exist on paper, it generally doesn't exist. If it's only up here in your head... Generally, the case is you're never going to fulfill it. But when you get a calendar, and I would encourage every one of you to do this, to get a calendar, you can use one that's online or you can use just a plain old paper calendar. But transfer your purpose, your life purpose. What is my most important season that I'm focusing on right now? What is it that I need to add value to in my life right now? What are my principles? What are the things that are responsibilities in my life? These are the rules that are going to rule my life, not my emotions. These are the rules that are going to rule my life at this moment. And then what are my priorities right now? I can't do everything because if everything's important, nothing's important. So I'm going to have to put some things out of my life right now that I can't do and find the things that are really important to you based upon what my purpose is and my principles are and then put it on the calendar and then live your life by it because that's called a disciplined life. And I'll conclude with this. If you want to succeed in life. Do you want to succeed in life? Do you want to succeed in life? If you want to succeed in life, you will never succeed without this. There's never any success, long-term success. Oh, some people get lucky and win the lottery, if you will, and they have some money for a period of time. But even if you win the lottery, you watch these television programs, people that win the lottery, they don't have discipline. What happens to the money? Just a matter of time before it's gone, okay? So the one thing in life that you need to add to your life that will help your life become successful is discipline. I'll tell you this. You can pray all day long and be the most spiritual person in the world. You can read your Bible from cover to cover, backwards and forwards. You can come to church eight times a week. You can do all these things spiritually, but if you don't go into your day-to-day life with this, you'll never have the application of it in your life in such a way that it will make you successful. God designed you, listen to me, God designed you to succeed. Are you hearing me? God didn't design you to be a failure. God designed you to be a success. At whatever it is that He wants you to be, He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be the best you you can possibly, possibly be. You don't have to be anybody else. Isn't that great to know? You don't have to be anybody else. But God wants you to be the best you that he created you to be. And if you'll apply discipline and the utilization of your time based upon the focus of his purpose for your life, his principles to live by, and the priorities that match up with these, I promise you with that discipline will come your success. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray?
Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had today to study your word. We're grateful for the word of God and how it gets down to where we really live. It gets right down to the core day-to-day decisions that we make. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of time that you give us. And we pray that you'd help us to get the most out of every moment. I pray, Lord, for the focus that we need in life that will help us to understand your purpose and your, your principles and your priorities. Let them translate into the way we live our life every day, the way we schedule our life, so that we will be an honor to you and become the people you've designed us to be and fulfill the destiny you've called us to. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.